Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for the monthly LGBTQIA storytelling night I run at Giant Dwarf in Redfern, with support from the City of Sydney. This week, journalist Alan Clark. Hi everyone. Um, look, before I begin my little yarn, I just want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that we're gathered on today. Uh, always was, always will be Gadigal land. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. And they've been telling stories on this land since time immemorial, so I'm privileged to stand here and, and, and tell a story on their land. So, thank you. I thought it might be a different story from the ones they used to tell. But, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, as was mentioned, my name is Alan Clark. I'm a Murrawari and Gomeroy man from far western New South Wales. Uh, I'm a journalist, and some of you may have known my work at a little company called BuzzFeed. But I promise I won't be doing the top 10, 11 queer things that Alan did tonight. <laughs> so you're safe from the listicles. Um, <laughs> So I grew up in a place called Burke. I don't know if anyone's heard of Burke. Yeah. If you haven't, you might have heard of the line where the crows fly backwards or beyond the black stump and all that shit. But, but seriously, I did love growing up there. It's a little blip of just over 3,000 people uh, swimming in a vast ocean of, of red dust. It's, it's hot, it's small, and it's very, very hetero. And I mean like shear a sheep and kill a wild pig straight. That's how straight it was, so, or still is. So I have no doubt that no homo was invented by someone in a place like Burke. I'm sure of it. Mask for mask is not a siren call for all those muscle queens online. It's actually a family motto. I mean it. <laughs> And so in this environment in the 90s, um, I was a terribly shy Cory kid, tall, skinny, I don't know what happened, um, awkward, holed up in my room listening to Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> I know I'm meant to be a lesbian at some point, but no, just, <laughs> just dreaming of my way out, you know. So I was painfully shy, um, so shy that my mother would squeeze my hand really hard uh, when she wanted me to talk to someone. Uh, she would actually take her nails and dig them into the palm of my hand and say, say hello, Alan, you know, and, <laughs> and um, anyone with an Aboriginal mother knows exactly what I'm saying when, when we talk about the nails digging into the skin. <laughs> so I was shy because I was terrified of who I was. Um, acutely aware that I was different from all the other kids. And as I became a teenager, I became terrified of my urges, uh, my thoughts about other boys. Um, I hated the things that I would feel while watching Queer Eye for the Straight Guy <laughs> with the whole family. <laughs> um, I would squirm uncomfortably and feel like an intense spotlight was burning into me in our little Housing Commission house on Meadows Road. Um, unable to comment on the fashion, that was hard. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it was that word, queer, that terrified me. Uh, it meant ridiculous and feminine where I come from, often accompanied by the word cat, 
which is Aboriginal slang for gay. And it's hard to say how derogatory this was or how scared I was to actually be called this because it's very unique to Aboriginal communities. But um, <laughs> there was only one openly gay man in Burke when I was growing up. Um, he was a good bloke. Everybody loved him. But at the same time, he always seemed to be the butt of their jokes. He would laugh along with them as they made a joke about bending over or giggle with the, with the girls over a crass euphemism about taking up the ass. And I just thought at the time, well, I didn't want to be the butt of the joke. I wanted to be the one making the joke. He terrified me. I think it's because I was terrified of myself. Uh, he was camp, openly gay. Being open about his sexuality meant that he was somehow one of the women in town, not one of those sheep-shearing Lotharios who swilled beer at the pub in blue singlets, or one of the rugby players like my father, the men I thought were normal. So of course, now I realize how fabulous he was. <laughs> and I wish I um, had spoken to him back then. But back then in the 90s, and I'm talking like deep 90s, like Venga Boys, um, <laughs> like smash hits magazine 90s. <laughs> it's as deep as you can go. <laughs> I could never have imagined that I would be uh, up here on this stage speaking as a gay Aboriginal man. And certainly never would I have thought I would deliver a story on this very stage last year about tearing another boy's foreskin at 16 <laughs> in the bushland surrounding Burke while giving him a handy on a 40 degree day. You can download that podcast. <laughs> It's a riot. <laughs> Sadly, I'm not going to recount that today. But, <laughs> but, but I had an epiphany when I delivered that thinking, wow, as, as this little timid Koori boy in Burke, it would have shaken me to the core to think that one day I would be actually in Sydney talking to a room full of people about being gay. So... <laughs> So I, along with most people here, know how difficult coming out is. But believe me when I tell you that being queer and Aboriginal is a whole other ballgame. Not only do we have that normal homophobia that the, the rest of the world has to contend with, but we also have a very complex and often conflicting view on whether gay people existed in Aboriginal communities prior to colonisation. Spoiler alert, they did. <laughs> You can thank those lovely white missionaries that came and took such good care of our mob, who instilled in our communities that homosexuality, homosexuality is wrong. Lovely people. So <laughs> this toxic notion has poisoned many minds and hearts in our community. And sadly today, homophobia is quite common uh, in the Aboriginal community. Our elders bore the brunt of that propaganda because they were children who were forced to live under the Bible instead of our ancient Aboriginal law. So you think coming out as gay is hard? Well, also imagine being a young black boy who has been told all his life that their ancestors and loved ones who have passed on are always watching them, always. <laughs> that, makes having a, <laughs> that makes having a cheeky wank at night while watching Queer as Folk on SBS. As a 15-year-old, trying not to wake his grandmother in the other room, a whole other nightmare, I can tell you that. <laughs> Queer as folk, ancestors, you know, just, just turn an eye. 
<laughs> so you just take Catholic guilt and multiply it by thousands of years. <laughs> but seriously, if I did have a gay uh, black role model growing up, I, I wouldn't have stayed in the closet so long. Because when my mum finally did confront me as a 19-year-old in Sydney after she found out I was visiting gay clubs, uh, it was okay. That's because our kinship system and strong family network meant I was loved and accepted. A beautiful part of our ancient culture was wrapping around me like a security blanket. And, yes, yeah. I'm incredibly lucky. So I'm so proud to stand here today and say I'm queer. I'm also incredibly heartened to see several high-profile Aboriginal people speak openly about their sexuality in the mainstream media. It will save lives, I can guarantee you that. Yeah. But unfortunately, we still have high-profile Aboriginal people sprouting toxic views. Yes. <laughs> yes. A few years ago, Aboriginal boxer Anthony Mundine was was so enraged by a Koori gay love story on the drama Redfern Now that he took to Twitter. And here's what he said. Watching Redfern Now and they promoting homosexuality, exclamation mark, bracket, like it's okay in our culture, and bracket. That ain't in our culture and our ancestors would have their head for it. Like my dad told me, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Wow, that old chestnut. But... Um, I was furious. I mean, there were so many grammatical errors and erroneous <laughs> use of caps. <laughs> the erroneous use of caps got me. It's just outrageous. How could it? Also, what's with the biblical reference? Anthony's Muslim. It's just crazy. So, uh... <laughs> But no, seriously, this man uh, is, is a man that many people look up to in our community as a demigod, and, and it makes me so angry because it's dangerous for young Aboriginal people struggling with their sexuality to hear this from someone so powerful. So I did a story for ABC at the time on Late Line on his comments, and you know what? It cost me a few friendships. People in the community who argued that I should be supportive of Anthony because he does so much more for the community. <laughs> Well, no, I don't need to be. The, the road to role model is paved with egotistical, bigoted fuckwits. <laughs> and, you know, and it's time that my community stopped kowtowing to homophobic fools. So... <laughs> so if you call yourself a role model for our community, then you better support everyone, including our fabulous black queer community as well. Because... <laughs> Because we all know the ancestors are always watching. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For tickets to the next Queer Stories, visit giantdwarf.com.au. To check out other events I produce and perform in, visit mavemarsden.com. And if you'd like advance or discount tickets to these shows, look me up on crowdfunding platform Patreon.